0: Hey, gang, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andrako, and thanks again for being a part of this journey. Wonderful to have you here for episode 93, where I sit down with Lori Shaw, who is the chief RP recipe developer for Renaissance Puritization, which is also known as RP Strength. And I had her husband, Nick Shaw, on a long time ago in episode 33. Um, he co-founded the company so it was really cool to speak with her a little bit because you know she has a different journey and a different path um, a lot of the things that she was in corporate America for many many years and then recently transitioned to coming on uh, full-time for RP strength doing a lot of their recipe development um, she's you know in the process of publishing her seventh cookbook So some really neat stuff we talk about, a a totally unique journey, uh, but I think it gives a lot of inspiration for folks out there, maybe in some similar positions that Lori was in. So I really hope you guys enjoy this conversation. I know I did. So without further ado, let's jump into my chat today with Lori Shaw. Let's get it started. Well, let's jump into chatting today is uh, because one of the things I, I was obviously intrigued to chat with you, following you a little on Instagram. And, and obviously I had Nick on. Yes. Um, how long have you guys been married for?
1: So we have been married. We're going to have our 10th anniversary in 2021. So
0: awesome. yeah. congratulations yep. on that. Thank yeah. You. So Thanks. obviously Nick was on way back in episode 33. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, I talk with, I'm a big CrossFitter and a lot of the athletes that I talk with or folks that, you know, I've had Lindy Barber on and stuff like that, is like, they all talk about rp so i'm like all right i got to get nick on <laughs> and now your side of it obviously with nutrition and doing a lot of the rest what is your title the chief chief uh, recipe developer is that I think right we,
1: yeah i think we just changed that i was chief operating officer for a while and then because i used to do a little bit of everything when i first um started working with nick i mean it was let's see it was probably like four years ago now or something that i left like corporate america And decided to work with him. We were like, okay, let's give this a shot because RP was really starting to grow. You know, he needed an accountant. I'm a CPA. So I was like, all right, I can do your books. And then you know, so I started working with him and we're like, we, this will either make us hate each other or it will be great that we both can work from home and work on this together. So we'll see how it goes. And if we hate each other, I'll go get a real job. And, um, you know, that was like four years ago or something. And it has been awesome. So I started out doing the financials, which I still do. That's why this month is my least favorite of the year, um, cause I'm doing the financials. Uh, I still do that, but I used to do tons of customer service. I mean, it was just, I mean, Nick and I talk about it. There were just some years there where, I mean, I was falling asleep with my laptop, like in bed with my laptop on my lap, working like every single night. I mean, and then you wake up and you're immediately behind because of what has happened while you slept overnight uh, from the international side of things. So it was just insane. So yeah, I guess my title was chief operating officer because I was trying to help with everything, trying to keep everything going. And now thank goodness you know we finally just reached a point where we were just like this is not sustainable i mean we we can't keep going this way and you know one of the scariest things to do is hire other people you know to, especially customer service like we always wanted to give the best customer service possible just overly nice to everybody super friendly very upbeat we never went to bed until every email was answered. We, you know, it just, we were just on top of it. And one of the scariest things is handing that over to somebody else. And so that was a tough project process. And of course, it's always harder before it gets better. But thank goodness now we're on the other side of that. We have a fantastic customer service team. We stagger people so that it covers pretty much all hours. Um, and so, you know, we reached a point where I was like, you know what, I just want to play with food. (laughs) That's all I really want to do now. I'll still do your financials, but I really just want to play with food. So I guess that's when we changed my title to, um, chief food officer, recipe officer, whatever it is on the website.
0: (laughs) Did you ever imagine, I mean, 10 15 years ago, could you ever imagine that you'd be doing what you're doing right now?
1: absolutely not no not at all i mean we we used to call ourselves like the perfect diversified portfolio because i was in you know a very solid corporate job with all the benefits that come along with that and all that stuff and then you know nick was kind of over here on the side and it was like okay you can give that a go because we've got this security blanket you know like this is kind of you know this is what this is our foundation and then you can go over there and see what you can do with this and so the fact that it's now become you know, the huge part of our lives Um, and I was able to leave that corporate security and everything is, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Neither one of us really can believe it.
0: (laughs) What what did you, uh, that whole question, you know, when you were growing up, what do you want to be when you grow up? What what was that for you?
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think I wanted to be a teacher. Um, yeah, I think I wanted to be a teacher, which is so funny because my, my daughter, who's five, um, loves, you know, she started kindergarten this year, and she would come home and she would line up chairs and make us sit and be her classroom, and she was at the front teaching. So, I don't know, there's something, I don't know what quality that is, but I remember doing the exact same thing. So, I remember growing up wanting to be a teacher.
0: Which, well, so then you went, I mean you just went into corporate america i mean i'm assuming you went through the normal i went to college yep. got an entry level job kind of worked your way up yeah. what, tell us a little about that just so we can kind of get some context around your background
1: yeah so i went to school at ohio state um which is hilarious because nick is like the biggest michigan fan you will ever meet and of course michigan ohio state is this massive rivalry so um yeah i went to ohio state we met in new york city and we always say it has to be true love because Michigan and Ohio State just inherently hate each other. I mean, if, you see a, if I see a Michigan fan, I kind of hate them. If he sees an Ohio State fan, he definitely hates them. So the fact that we were able to overcome that, fall in love and all of that stuff means it is 100% true love. Uh, but yeah, so I went to Ohio State, graduated with an accounting degree, um, went to work with one of the big, at the time it was the big six um, public accounting firms. So I went to work with with one of them, moved to Dallas, Texas to, I'm from Ohio, but moved to Dallas, Texas to work uh, with one of them. And um, yeah, I, I ended up in internal audit, which is just, you know, my personality. I'm very, um, I don't know, I'm very, I like to analyze things. I mean, Nick will call me um, like pessimistic. I guess He's super upbeat. He doesn't really think about the details. He's kind of the big idea guy. And I'm always the one behind the scenes going, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about if, what if this happens? What if that happens? So I'm kind of like the person you it's not super fun to have in the room, but probably a necessity, I guess, to ask those questions. Um, yeah, so I spent a lot of time um, in, or I spent, I didn't spend a lot of time. I spent like two years, I guess, in public accounting because it was like 100% travel. So I lived out of a suitcase for like two years, which is fun when you're young. And I got to see a lot of the world um, traveling. We had offices all over, Um, but that gets old pretty quick. And then I did some other like accounting related work, and somewhere in there I owned a restaurant for like a year. Um, because wait, I always, how did,
0: wait, how did, how did that happen? <laughs> how, the, how the heck did that come into play?
1: Yeah, well, I, I had I think I just got burned out on all of the accounting stuff and was at a point in my life where I could give something a go and decided, I don't know, like a lot of people do, it's more common now for people to do um stuff that's pretty non traditional off their path, but at the time it was pretty scary. And yeah, I just, I've always loved food. I mean, I remember, I mean, geez, I have notes of like recipes from when I was a kid. I, my mom is a great cook and I just loved being in the kitchen with her and just absolutely, it's an obsession more than it is a love, I think. I just have always been obsessed with cooking and with food. And so that's always kind of been there. I mean, um, yeah, so anyway, so I, I owned this cafe. It was It wasn't even a restaurant, it was a cafe um, coffee and desserts and, um, lunch and that kind of thing. And I mean, it was an epic failure.
0: (laughs) Were you doing that while you were at your full-time job?
1: No, I had left my full-time job.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I
1: left my full-time job to do that. So yeah, it was like, you know, getting up at like 4am to get the to get to the cafe to start the, I don't know, muffins and all that stuff. And I mean, it was super hard work. I always say it was like the hardest work of my life physically and you know and then to have it fail is pretty heartbreaking so that was a pretty bad experience so after that i think i kind of went um back into cor- back to the safety uh and loving arms of corporate corporate america after i did that and um ended up in new york city and got a job at a law firm and so the entire like 13 years i lived in new york city i was at a huge global law firm again traveling a lot and um all that kind of stuff And it was awesome and then I met Nick there so
0: well let me ask you this what because a lot of folks are scared to even take that first step yes whether and again we can call it a failure I always say it's a learning experience sure. right, for yeah. your next endeavor what what did you learn from that that year running the restaurant
1: oh my gosh I mean really just um, you know just how hard work you know how important hard work is and that when you commit to something like that you're all in I mean I was didn't have much of a social life during that time, because that was, you know, that had to be my priority. And you I think what I learned was that, you know, when you have your own thing, when you have your own gig, you never stop thinking about it. I mean, it is not, there's never an end of work day. There's never a weekend. I mean, it was always in my mind. It was always something that I was working on. And so, you know, that was really good to learn. Um, And honestly, getting hired at the law firm the person who hired me said that they picked at the time, you know, obviously they got had gotten tons of resumes. They picked my resume, um, not because, you know, I graduated with really good grades from Ohio State, not because I had gone to work with one of the, you know, big six um, public accounting firms, which is pretty, it's also a a really nice um, uh, uh, distinguishment, I guess, but it wasn't any of that. It was like this tiny little line on my resume of this year that I spent running this cafe and I only put it on there cause I didn't want people to think I'd been unemployed for a year. I'm like, dang it, I gotta put something there. So I will put this, but I hope nobody asked me about it cause it was kind of this failure. And that is exactly why they called me in because they're like, we figure you learned so much in that year and you have qualities that we want because you did that. So it's kind of amazing actually.
0: Why do you think it didn't, like, is there a reason it didn't work out or are you, were you still kind of figuring that out? I mean, no,
1: it was really easy reasons. Looking back, um, there was no, I mean, there was no front parking. So you could drive by and go like, oh, the cafe is so cute. But like, where do I park? The parking was like in the back and there were only like five spots. And so that, that didn't help at all. Um, two, I had taken the cafe over from a different business I mean, there had been a cafe there before and i bought it from them and i decided that it would save me money not to change the name because they already had coffee mugs with their name on it and a sign and i was like oh i'll save money i'll just leave the name turns out that you know people had been there under the old name so they didn't realize that there was anything new about it or that there was a new person running it so they didn't have a reason to stop in to check anything out so that was a mistake um, the third thing was we were in close enough proximity to a church that we couldn't have a liquor license. So I could never do dinner there. I couldn't do, you know, liquor and, and dinner is probably like, it's a lot easier to make money. I would think on that than on like cappuccinos, <laughs> you have to sell a lot of cappuccinos to pay the rent. Um, so yeah, I mean, just so many things. I mean, looking back, it was such a bad choice to that location anyway.
0: And I want to go back to one other thing to kind of tie this around, because you mentioned, you know, obsession with food throughout your life, which is good. And I want to get to some of the the cookbooks and some of the recipes and those type of things. What about kind of the cousin of nutrition, you know, is fitness. Has fitness always been a big part of your life or is that something that took over more maybe as you met Nick or past that? Yeah,
1: no, 100 percent. Fitness has always been a huge part of my life. I was lifting in high school. I remember walking from the high school with my friend to like the little uh, rundown YMCA and uh lifting weights there and you know lifted in college and everything like that um and yeah i mean i think genetically i always was a person that um could get pretty lean and could could have muscles you know um and so yeah i always loved it i always loved lifting but i didn't you know i didn't really know much about the nutrition aspect in terms of properly fueling my body or anything like that but yeah i always kick myself because i didn't start I didn't even know about physique competitions until I was like 35. And, um, and that was like right around the time that I met Dr. Mike IsraTel and Nick. And so they were the ones that encouraged me to do a show. But I had no idea about that world. It's not like it's, you know, a very well-known world, I would think, especially, I don't know, growing up the way I did or anything. I didn't know anything about it. But I'm always kicking myself. It's like, man, if I would have known in my 20s, how to add muscle like I I mean you know you can't I guess I can't even think about it because it really is something that I wish I had known because I feel like I could have had a much better chance at succeeding in physique competitions which I absolutely love um I don't compete anymore but I do love it
0: so anyway yeah so I mean I think that's part of the I think the discovery of life if you will you know I'm in the same boat at 36 now like Although I was, you know, fitness had always kind of been important once I got into kind of mid-college, if you will, and I kind of did some stuff throughout my 20s. It was really, uh, I started getting into it probably late 20s, early 30s, and then CrossFit with uh, probably over two years now. That's what really ramped me up of like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. I missed the boat on all of this. Of right. Like being, you know, because I think I've gained like, not that anyone should do this or wants to, but like I gained yeah. like 30 pounds of the last two years. Yeah, um, and, and it's just because I dedicate myself with eating properly, but also obviously trying to put on a lot of muscle. Yeah, uh, with, with various things. So yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's part of life, right? You just kind of go through that discovery, yeah. and certainly, you know, some of us are late bloomers, or we learn things right. at different ages. But yeah, better learn but it, it now than never, I guess.
1: I think it, it makes me so exciting though to to work with like an athlete in their twenties or something, and like really give them the tools that they need to just to really grow as much as they possibly can in those years. It's just such a cool, um, cool thing to do.
0: Well, so I want to get into the RP stuff. Well, how did, um, I guess if if we, if we look at the timeline of, of you and Nick, when did you actually first start having the conversations like, Hey, should I come on and help you? Kind of the business was starting yeah. to grow. And when did yeah. those conversations, was those very early on or was that like after marriage and everything? Or?
1: Oh yeah, it was after marriage and everything like that. Um, because, you know, we were, I mean, you know, we really, again, we really wanted the safety and security of my job and, um, you know, all of the the benefits that come along with, with that, from, with having somebody else pay you. So we we were in no hurry to, I was definitely not going to jump ship and and try to do this thing with him especially live in New York I mean it's such an expensive place and our you know just rent alone and everything you can't you can't really just um, wing it too much so I had no plans on leaving my job plus I loved my job um, and you know I, I had been there 13 years so in a sense I had almost like grown up there and so all, I had tons of friends and all, I loved my job so I had no interest in leaving or anything like that and then we had our second child in New York City and we were like Oh my gosh, we have got to move out of New York City. Like we can't raise two kids here. I mean, plenty of people do and, and 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 it's great, but um, you know, the school system, the whole school process is just a nightmare in terms of, you know, most of the public schools aren't good. Certainly where we were living, the public school was not good. So then you're looking at private schools. That process is insanity just even trying to just the application process, trying to get in and then, you know, your grand prize if you actually get in is paying like $50,000 or something insane. So we were never going to do that. So we're like, okay, we gotta get out of New York City. So we were like, where should we move? And you know, my family's all in Ohio. Zero interest on moving to Ohio. Um, you know, his family's in Michigan, and although he's close to his family, we don't love the weather in Michigan. And then he had a sister in North Carolina, in um, close to Charlotte. So. We'll, so I started opening up job search to um, try to find uh, a law firm related position in one of those cities that we or well basically in North Carolina in the Charlotte area and you know it just happened to be there was a law firm in Charlotte that was looking for a chief operating officer so we're like let's give this a go so I interviewed and ended up getting the job and so they moved me to moved us to Charlotte which was awesome and so we got all settled in, and I just hated it. I just hated the job. Um, and so I suffered for like six months. And Nick was like, "Okay, this isn't how it's supposed to be. Like, we left a really stressful place to be in a place that should be a slower pace and a more relaxed situation, and yet you're more stressed out here than you were in New York City. This isn't this isn't how it was supposed to go. So you know, just after lots of discussion and." Um, soul searching and everything like that we just decided it's not worth it i'm going to leave my job and you know and that that was when we just had the discussions and he was like look you know things are really growing a lot and i am to the point now where i mean i would always do his his financials but it was pretty easy back in the day and so that was starting to get more complicated and everything like that so we just said you know look let's let's give this a go and see what happens and so that's how you know, we kind of, um, kind of got into it. And then I think I worked with him, I, think I joined in like September and I don't know what year it was, but it was basically four or five years ago or something like that. But it was in September. And by, by the like end of the year, I was like, you know, your people need cookbooks. Like people need to know that dieting does not mean like, you know, tasteless chicken, steamed broccoli, and sweet potatoes. Although that is great. And Nick would eat that every day of his life and be super happy about it. You know, I knew that there was probably a large group of people out there that did not share his view and would like flavor in their food. And, um, so it was just kind of a natural thing. And I was like, I really think that, you know, we should do a cookbook. And he was like, yeah, yeah, let's give it a go. Nobody thought like it was going to be anything that was very popular or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I kind of worked on that on the side and, um, you know that was and,
0: and did you have any experience? Like, were you cooking prior to that? Like, were you? Did you understand? Like, uh, like I have no idea about like seasonings <laughs> and those type of things. Like, did yeah. you have that knowledge, or is that something yeah. you had to learn?
1: No, like I mean, I've been cooking, you know, since I was a kid. So um, I knew how to make really good tasting food, and I, you know, I, hopefully, I was doing that for Nick. You know, since we met and started dating and got married and everything like that. And um, so, and I knew he had competed um, maybe one time, I think he had done a bodybuilding competition in New York. And that was, you know, obviously I didn't join RP until Charlotte. So while we were in New York, I was still had my corporate job. And so, yeah, I I made it my mission to make him the best tasting food that I possibly could while he was dieting. And, you know, it's interesting because there's two schools of thought. If you talk to Dr. Mike Isretel, he'll tell you that it's good to not have flavor while you're dieting. Cause you kind of just want to keep your taste buds dead. while you're dieting Uh, and that and that really good flavors wake it up and make you want really more really good flavors and so he likes to basically take the flavor out of his food on a cut and he kind of recommends that for some people Nick is the opposite Nick just he needs something like give me something to look forward to so he would be out doing cardio on the streets of New York and text me be like I'm five away can you have like food ready and you know I would make it as good as I possibly could, so that he would at least have a tiny bit of joy for that <laughs> ten minutes that he was eating. <laughs>
0: What did the, so with the first cookbook, like what did you learn through that process? Was that just something you throw together, like a digital cookbook? Did you actually get it printed? Like what was the process with that cookbook?
1: Yeah. So it was really, I mean, and again, we were just kind of making it up as we went along. You know, I said, well, obviously we need to show the macros. Um, We need everybody, that's what people care about is they've got this RPE template. I mean, they were, the cookbook was designed to fit. 100% 100% with the templates, which is the main product that we were selling at the time. Now we have the app, but back then it was the templates. And so the way that the templates were organized, you know, there was a list of, of recommended of proteins and, you know, your healthy carb options and your vegetables and your healthy fats. And so I just went right down the line and figured, all right, let's, you know, I looked at most cookbooks, like, okay, well, most cookbooks have at least 100 recipes. Let's do 100 recipes. And I just tried to, um, you know, just tie it in 100% with the template. So the first, you know, the first protein option was chicken. So I'm like, all right, I'll do 10 chicken recipes. And like, you know, I just tried to, with that first book, I tried to keep it um, very, um, very macro-specific. So if a recipe was a protein, I tried to keep it pretty much just a protein, not with a lot of excess carbs or fat mixed into it, but really just something that when you get your RP template and you look at it and you're like, all right, I'm gonna go to the grocery store, I'm gonna get some chicken, I'm gonna get some, you know, broccoli and green beans, I'm gonna have, you know, rice and potatoes, that you could take that stuff, but then use the cookbook to infuse a little bit of um, macro-friendly flavor into it pretty easily. All my recipes are super easy. I'm just not a person that you know has the time with two kids to spend a ton of time in the kitchen and you know having 30 ingredients or something. I mean that's just not how I cook anymore. So I knew it needed to be pretty easy and straightforward, but just kind of stuff that people really would you know help them just think of their own things too like oh my gosh wow adding that seasoning really goes well with this vegetable so from now on you know i'll, I'll just try this seasoning and i'm always encouraging people to work with herbs because herbs are like this totally macro free thing that can give you tons of flavor so i always encourage people when you go to the grocery store just put two herbs in your cart even if you have no idea what they taste like put them in there and play around with them and um because that's just a great way to infuse flavor into your foods so, yeah, with that first one, um, I really just wanted it to be uh, just to go hand in hand with the templates and to try to be just a really easy resource for people that wanted to try, you know, a little bit um, more flavor than just plain foods. So that was kind of the goal with the first one.
0: And if we could kind of insert in here for folks that maybe are not familiar, they hear the term macros, um, maybe, you know, don't understand the guidepost that that gives. Can you just give that a little explanation uh, for those folks and why it's important to maybe use that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and it's interesting because with, with my next cookbook, um, the tentative title of it is Macros Matter. Um, and it's really going to be aimed at introducing the idea of macros to the general population because Nick and I have been talking about macros forever. I mean, before RP was RP, of course. And we, so we feel like everybody knows this. And then the more you talk to people outside of sort of the Fitzbow world, you realize that like a lot of people have no clue. Like, what is that? why do I care? What does that even mean? I mean, people kind of know calories, um, but they don't know, they don't really understand macros. So um, in the new cookbook um, that'll come out a long time from now, unfortunately, (laughs) uh, we do a little primer in the beginning of what each of the macros is and kind of why you need it. Um, But yeah, I mean, most of what I'll say is kind of just going to come from stuff that I've heard from, um, Mike and Nick and everything. I, obviously they're the experts on all of this, but obviously we need a certain amount of protein in our bodies, um, to take in each day. And, you know, I, I won't give the calculations on, um, what you should you you know, what you should go by with your body weight. It's probably pretty well known anyway, but I, if I try, I'll get it wrong. But, um, so you need pro, you need a certain amount of protein, um, for your, for muscle, um, retention, muscle growth. Um, and then we've got carbohydrates uh, which are for energy and so your carbohydrate needs vary based on your energy level so if you're a person that sits at your desk all day you don't need as many carbs as you know somebody who's crossfitting twice a day or um, something like that so carbs are kind of based on your activity levels and then we all need a certain number of healthy fats um, and you know that's to support brain function and Um, Some other things that other people can tell you more about, I guess. Um, But, you know, we need a certain amount of healthy fats and then obviously a lot of fresh vegetables is really helpful. So those are kind of the four major groups that we've always, um, you know, that I've always tried to frame the recipes around. And obviously each of those um, have a calorie number associated with them, so it still ends up with a calorie number at the end of the day. But the way that we've always, um, the way that our products are broken down is in that protein, carbs, fats, veggies type of way. And obviously fresh fruits are really good too. That's a part of the healthy carb category.
0: And what about, I know this conversation I have just, you know, with friends and what have you comes up a lot is just around how to eat throughout the day or when to eat. You know, there's, there's all these myths of, oh, you eat three big meals a day. And then there's some eat six meals and small snacks and all that. Is there... And, and maybe one's not better than the other, but is there something that you found that is, has been more beneficial um, in terms yeah. of people where they're not like, kind of snacking and throwing yeah. crap in their body?
1: You know, it is all about your goals. Um, you know, if you are a competitive athlete, if you want to improve at whatever you're doing, and I'm not talking about, you don't have to be going to the CrossFit Games, but if your goal is to improve at CrossFit, I mean, that is a real goal of yours, then you really do want to look into nutrient timing, which is what RP... You know the foundation of RP really—that's what the products were geared towards at the very beginning. Were people that wanted to do better in sports? Um, they were uh, strength athletes, type of thing. So it is about nutrient timing. It's about you know having food around your workout window—a little bit before your workout, a little bit during your workout, you know, some after your workout the food the rest of the day is aimed at helping with recovery, you know, so there, you know, that's, that, and that gets pretty detailed depending on, again, when you train, how hard you train, how often you train, so, you know, that's what you want RP for, um, you know, definitely if you're doing the nutrient timing thing. For someone like me, who, you know, is not competing in anything, Uh, we came out with a product that is the simplified diet templates and it is three meals a day, the exact same macros per meal. So it is like a meal prep dream, right? You just, when you meal prep, you're making three meals with the exact same macros. If you're doing nutrient timing, your meals are going to look different. Just about every meal is going to be different in terms of that protein, carb, fat breakdown. But if you do the simplified, which was something I I think they might've come out last year and I did them. I did a full 12 week cut cycle on the simplified templates. They were absolutely perfect for me. At this point in my life, again, not competing, um, you know, neat, having very limited time to meal prep. It's very easy to do when it's three meals that are all the same. And then we worked in like a free meal, a free snack. And I think it was like 150 calories or 200 calories. So again, this time we're away from the macros. So you don't have to pick up a bar and go like, "Ugh, this bar has like, too much protein, but and too many carbs and too much fat and, you know, or like, you know, not enough protein, but too much of this, you don't have to worry about that. You just have to go to the calories number. So on the simplified templates, it's the three meals a day plus that free snack. And for me as a mom and as, you know, being pulled in a billion different directions, it was amazing. So, you know, that was something that we kind of, um, released to, to aim more at the non-competitive athletes. So, You know that was really successful for me. You know we know that there are people that do intermittent fasting, and that isn't something that RP really is about. Yeah, intermittent fasting. Um, I've been doing
0: about uh, since June of twenty nineteen. It's been it's been good. It's worked for me. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's worked for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know we we we're not here to judge anybody or to say that anything is um, you know better for you than whatever is working for you is great. So, you know, really, um, you know, what, it's whatever works for you. But um, so, you know, that's typically what we do is either the nutrient timing way or the simplified is um, kind of the two major options that we have.
0: And, and now in the time of year that we're talking, right, we, we know what's yes. going on. New Year's resolutions, right? Oh, this, yes. Everyone's circling 2020. This is my year. Yeah. Is, is there any insight you can give for folks out there, um, male and female, both? Yeah. about things that they should be thinking about or considering as they're kind of moving, you know, in through the winter time into the spring in 2020 if they have goals around fitness or improving yeah. their health or what have you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, to keep it to to just chill to chill out a little bit on it. I mean, people go crazy with the New Year's resolutions, right? Like they're like, "Oh my god, I'm going to go to the gym like five times a day and I'm going to do this and this and this." And that is whenever you go like run right out of the gates just speed, it's just unfortunately a lot more likely that you will peter out, that you won't make it to the end of that three month cycle or whatever if you try to do like way too much at once. So again, we sometimes joke that, you know, RP's tagline should be, you know, it's boring, but it works, you know, just to like, you know, just to stick to healthy foods, you know, cut back on some of the stuff that you know you shouldn't be eating. Try to get to the gym. I mean, some of the basic stuff, it does not have to be this huge things where you where you change everything in your life all at once because that is just not likely to be sustainable. And you know, that's why if we do have criticisms of other diets that are out there, it would be because of that. It would be because that they don't seem sustainable. I mean, everybody knows that you can do a certain thing for a certain period of time and you're probably gonna see a reduction on the scale, maybe water weight. Uh, maybe whatever, but it's for a very short period of time. But if that whatever you're doing, if that makes you insanely hungry, have crazy cravings, you know, have you like marking the date on the calendar when you finish that so that you can eat everything in your cupboards, then that's not you know, that's not a sustainable plan. I mean, nobody, you know, draws a diet cycle line that show that shows like you know, really not eating very much for 12 weeks and then eating everything in sight for 12 weeks and then like not eating very much for 12 weeks. I mean, nobody wants to do that. Like a flat line of maintenance is beautiful. You know, that is really the hardest thing for people. And we've had, um, we had Dr. Mel Davis on our first podcast episode and she talked about the art of maintenance. I mean, there are many people that say that is the hardest diet phase. I mean, sure, if you've put on some extra pounds over the holidays, you're going to want to cut that out but don't do it in such an aggressive way that it is like it's setting you up for rebounding um, afterwards because you're, you know, that's, that's terrible mentally and physically to go through that. So really just to kind of like scale back maybe on your expectations and just to kind of like, it's a marathon, not a sprint.
0: Yeah. I like that thought. Yeah. It's like the, um, it's like doing a 20 minute AMRAP and like you go out of the gate fast and you're like at a <laughs> yeah. minute seven, you're like, Oh shit, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. we, I've been there too many times. So yes. I've, I've I've learned the lesson the hard way. That's for, yes. that's for damn sure.
1: Yeah. It's tempting. It's really tempting to do that. Um, but
0: anyway, I to want to get in the podcast for a second, but let me ask you this first. What is it like for you personally, because you're kind of, you know, you're behind the whatever, I guess, you know, in the office doing the yeah. accounting kind of behind the scenes, probably yeah. in a lot of these companies for the most part, you're now going, you know, you're on, uh, some of the, uh, news outlets, right. You're doing some, yeah. I've seen in like Charlotte and stuff doing some yeah. local, local media, if you will, yeah. you got the podcast now, was that hard for you to put yourself out there online, kind of share your voice, your message or was no, that? No, I love easy? it.
1: <laughs> no, I love it. Um, yeah, I always say that, um, yeah, I have been, I was really lucky to do um a lot of tv last year and and it it came with i guess it was when um the vegan or no it was before that anyway um i don't know one of the cookbooks came out and um nick had been interviewed on um good day charlotte here in charlotte and he so he had a contact there and so he reached out to say my wife has a new cookbook and you know would you be willing to have her on and Turns out it's pretty easy to do local TV. <laughs> they they really like, if they have a dependable guest that comes on and knows what to do and does their stuff, they're probably going to get invited back. So I didn't realize um, that, but um, yeah, I was on, I ended up being on eight times in the last six weeks of last year. Uh, so that was too much, Like, if anything in 2020, I need to learn how to say no um but i love it so much for some reason my happy place is behind the camera cooking and teaching people about food so i absolutely love doing that Um, and social media i mean i've had a hard time with social media nick is like the expert at this point you know nick is like the teflon guy nothing bothers him no comment gets to him nothing he he really can just he brushes it right off moves on does not you know, lose a wink of sleep about it. If I see, you know, a negative comment or I receive a negative comment or something, I mean, it bothers me. I've gotten a little bit better through Nick kind of coaching me through it. But um I, I'm still really sensitive and especially when it's something like my cookbooks that I work tirelessly on. And it's just it's it's all of me is in those cookbooks. I mean it's like everything I think about and I want those recipes to be amazing and I would never put anything in there that I hadn't made you know repeatedly and made sure that it just tasted great and so when I see criticism or you know somebody dismisses like I got the books they weren't that great like I mean I'm just like oh I'm like devastated so um so for me social media is pros and cons I also you know love I just love the interaction that I get because I do I work from home I went from a corporate environment for 13 years where I had tons of coworkers and all these friends and then all of a sudden like I'm working from my house, you know, and Nick is the only person I talk to other than our kids. And I, you know, Nick's not a super chatty guy. (laughs) So um, I love the interaction of social media, but yeah, it can, just when I start to really love it, like somebody comes and, you know, knocks my knees, you know, knocks me at the knees and reminds me that like, it can kind of be a harsh place.
0: Well, so what about the podcast? When did you guys decide to start that? When, when yeah. did that idea float around?
1: Yeah, you know, Nick asked me a year before we started, hey, you know, what do you think about a podcast? And I was like, oh, I, yeah, you can do that by yourself. <laughs> I was like, you know, you're going to have athletes on and you're going to be talking like, you know, lifting specific type of stuff. And like, I don't, that's not my area. I'm not a competitive athlete. You know, I can't, I just don't think I could come up with any like, you know, be a contributor to that. So yeah, that's something like you, you can do that on your own. And so he just kind of let it go. And we didn't do anything with it. And then um, I go to this huge food conference um every May. And I went to it last May. And you know, we always talk about all the major, you know, Instagram and Facebook and uh, YouTube and all that stuff. And I went to a session on podcasting. And they talked about how like, Um, it still is definitely unlike some, some areas that are really saturated. It really is still an area that you can have an impact that you can come in and, um, you know, really gain, uh, listeners and things like that. And so I was like, huh, that's interesting. Nick had brought that up, but I didn't really think about it. So I think I came back from that and we started kind of talking about it again. And, um, so yeah, we just decided to, and and then I went to another, um, I'm a big fan of skill pop. I don't know if you have any skill, skill pop where you are, uh, but it's something that's in Charlotte, and it's just like a like a one night like three or four hour class on different things. So it might be like you know learn how to um, to uh, you know or learn how to increase your your Instagram following, and it's like that's all the topic is. And so they come out with new topics every single month. There's always like thirty different options, and they're held all over Charlotte. So one came out on podcasting. And so I said to Nick, you know, should I go to this and like figure out, you know, kind of the ins and outs like, yeah, let's do it. So I went and ended up working with a really great guy who we ended up hiring to help us get a setup at home. And so we decided, yeah, let's do this. And because we felt like, you know, with, I don't know how many coaches we have now, but you know, over 20 of, you know, people all with all amazing backgrounds, amazing expertise, PhDs, doctors, RDs, you know, with all of this, we felt like we just have like all this ready content, like right there. Like if we just interview all of these people and then throw in our athletes too, like we were like, we just felt like we had content and spades, just tons of content there. So, um, you know, so that's kind of how we got started towards, I guess, in the fall of last year. So we've recorded 10 and we've released eight so far and we love it. That's
0: great. Well, it's always a fun dynamic, especially with like you know husband yeah. and wife kind of yeah. chatting back and forth, and yeah. you got your personalities are a little different, so yeah. I think that that, that <laughs> lends to the the flavor, if you will. Um, yeah. Let me ask about that if if you don't mind. I'm I'm curious because this is one of those things. I'm big, and actually one of the episodes I listened to around like you know massing right. I'm trying to. Gain a few pounds here and with some muscle going in the spring. And yeah. I think, you know, you, you all talked about the support side of things, right? Yes. Being supportive to spouses or friends yes. or um, how has that been for y'all working together? It seems like you guys get along really well yeah. and there's, there's some general likability here at the marriage, <laughs> um, but like how, how, not only is that working together, but that just, how is that dynamic of a support system, both around fitness, nutrition, but just in general life choices?
1: Yeah, I mean it's huge. Um, it, it really is huge. It doesn't mean we always agree with or like the other person's decisions. Like the last time I competed, it was over two years ago, and I mean I can on. I just know that Nick was one hundred percent against me competing um, because he knew. I mean it's like a full time job. I mean to, to, to go through the diet, it's horrific. At the end. You know, you have to get so lean before, and I'm talking about physique sports. So I competed in figure, um, physique, that type of stuff. And, um, you know, towards the end of the diet, it's so awful. You have to get so unbelievably lean and everything like that, that you're really miserable. And so he knew with trying to do RP and trying to be a mom to our two kids and everything else that it was just going to be horrible. And I mean, you know, looking back, I was really, I just really wanted to compete again, just to see if I could do it. So it was just a goal of mine. So I mean, even though he really disagreed, he still, you know, completely supported me through all that, um, you know, helped me or just made sure that I had time to meal prep and stuff like that. If he had to take the kids for certain things or whatever, he would do that. So yeah, and same with him. I mean, again, when he competed, he was like a ghost at the end. I mean, just like literally just on the couch no energy which is not nick and you know you just know it's temporary we understand this is a part of the process we know it's kind of a necessary evil for this type of competing that we did and um but yeah the support is huge we actually we were talking about that in the podcast i mean i just feel so bad for people i see them they'll message me directly or i'll see comments in the um rp facebook group or whatever about even like a husband and wife where again Maybe when they met, maybe when the relationship started, it was all about food. They weren't really into exercise. You know, they were kind of, you know, happy in that groove. And then one of them, as time goes on, people look for, people have new interests, things change and somebody caught the CrossFit bug or whatever. And now they're more into dieting and they want to do a cut and their spouse just isn't there. They're still back in the, like, let's have pizza together every night. This is kind of what our relationship is based on is, um, Eating and they're really unsupportive of the spouse, and I always just feel terrible about that because I've never had that. I mean, Nick and I have always just been super supportive of each other. We'll actually try to if we're both gonna, we'll both, you know, Nick will say like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna do, I think I'm gonna do a cut next spring," and then I'll think about it and go like, "Yeah, I'll I'll do one with you." We kind of try to do it together or um, something like that, and so I do feel so bad for people. And sometimes it's the families, like, again, if the families are big eaters, and, you know, you go and, and at the holidays, and they have a giant spread of food, and everybody wants you to eat and expects you to eat, and you're trying to be healthy. I mean, man, people can be brutal with that. I mean, they can really give you a lot of grief. And um, so I, I do, I, I feel for people that go through that with their spouse and family members and stuff, because Nick and I are always really supportive of each other's goals.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's important. Um, I mean, I, I, I won't share any stories today, but yeah, there's, there's plenty that I could share similar to what you just mentioned
1: Yeah,
0: um, about unsupportive um, spouses and um, relationships. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a big thing is getting around people. In, in, and if, again, if it's not that like, like I talk about this a lot is really around the cross, you know, CrossFit community. You know, I, I go to CrossFit RTP over here in the, uh, in Cary, North Carolina, cool. or right near it. And just an unbelievable core group of people. Like you have that support there that keep you driving and and moving forward as well. So I think it's important is if you don't have it in other areas of your life, you need to find those groups that can really help you as well.
1: Yes. 100 percent yeah i mean nick goes to crossfit like once a week and he's got his mom going to crossfit he always loves to tell that she's a she's a huge fan of crossfit but yeah i mean i think that community is a big part of it that's why he knew that his mom would like it she was not doing any form of exercise at all and um you know kind of wasn't happy with her weight she was trying to like walk i mean they live in the middle of nowhere in michigan and she was trying to kind of walk out on these country roads for exercise and that was kind of it And he's like mom really think you should try CrossFit. And so, um, you know, he's the one that got her into it. She absolutely loves it. And so, yeah, I mean, that community aspect aspect, and just supporting each other and everything like that is huge. She loves it.
0: What, are, what can people expect from RP um, going forward this year, maybe in the years? I know you talk about the cookbook still in the works, but what are some yeah. of the other things that people should be excited about?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the podcast, of course, is something that people are really enjoying and it's going to be really fun when we start to get some of our big name athletes on. Um, I think people are going to really enjoy that. So we have a lot of fun ideas for the podcast in the future. And then of course the app, I mean, you know, talk about never, never not thinking about something. Nick is never not thinking about the app and You know he he wishes he could make changes obviously or improvements and add-ons you know with the snap of a fingers of his fingers but as most people know app development is not a fast moving process so you know we are always taking feedback from people um the app has gotten you know better and better and better with each um iteration and we just added in the scanner. Uh, so now you can like scan in uh, barcode labels into your phone uh, with the app. So, I mean, Nick was like um, a kid at Christmas in our, like, in our pantry, like scanning every label and be like, it's coming up, it's coming up. It, did, <laughs> it didn't matter what food, it was all coming up. So that was something people really wanted was that uh, barcode scanner. So we have that in now, that's been huge. So, you know, we're always looking at um, ways to improve the app, take it to the next level. So um, there's lots of stuff in the works for that it just takes time. It just isn't something that um, that we can add overnight. But um, we've got that. And then we are we talked about them on one of the podcasts, but um, working with uh, Dr. Spencer Nadolski and um, Dr. Jen Kaye, some other people at RP, and we're going to release some templates that are designed at, um, you know, there's gonna be one for breastfeeding moms because that's something that we get a lot and it's really for the population that shouldn't be using RP uh, regular templates. Um, So it is, you know, there's gonna be a low FODMAP one. I personally have IBS and so um, I follow a low FODMAP diet. And so there's gonna be low FODMAP templates where your food choices will all be low FODMAP choices. Um, So we'll have that. Um We will have um, several other types of very specific templates aimed at people with, you know, quasi-medical conditions that, that prevent them from using our other products. So that's really exciting. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the things that's really cool. We,
0: and where can everyone check you all out online? Can you give up give a plug to the website and you know where yes. they can find you online?
1: Yeah, so it's Renaissance periodization, but I think if you search RP strength, pretty much everything is gonna come up. Um and then um on Instagram, it's at rp strength We have an at RP underscore transformations, which is really fun to look at where people post their own. We don't post anything there, it's other people submit their before and after pictures. So that's really fun to look at. And then um, my own. Instagram is at LLShaw1.
0: So, yeah. All right. So I always like to end on this note. And you don't have to go down the nutrition recipe route. You can take a okay. business mind, do it, or, or just anything, <laughs> entrepreneurship. Okay. But, you know, because I take a lot of notes when I listen to podcasts. I'm always trying to learn and, and evolve and, and grow. So, if someone were taking notes on this podcast and you know, there's one key takeaway, hopefully, they've had several already, but kind of as a lasting impression, is there anything you'd end on something that's really maybe it's a quote you live by in a piece of advice you've gotten, something you've learned through the business? Um, anything you'd share to kind of end the interview on?
1: Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I'm 45, so I guess one thing that I'm kind of living through right now is like you're never too old to learn new things or to try new things. Um, so after years and years and years of doing strictly bodybuilding type of lifting, I kind of fell out of love with lifting. And it was really weird because I've always loved strength training. And I was making myself go to the gym. I was forcing myself to go and just going through the motions because I knew it was good for me and I knew it was something I had always loved, but I wasn't loving it at all. I mean it kind of felt like torture for the first time ever. And it was really kind of a depressing thing to go through. And I kind of gave it, you know, gave it a little bit of break. I tried a bunch of different things and Now I just started Olympic weightlifting. Like for the first time ever, I'm like learning the clean. Uh, So far, that's all we've gone. We haven't gone past the clean. But um, I've done it for like four or five sessions. And like now I'm in love with lifting again. And so I didn't know if I'd ever be able to say that again. So I think it's just, um, you know, just whether it's, whether it is pursuing something else with your career, if you're not in a career that makes you happy, trying something on the side for a little bit to see if there's something different or whether it's something in the gym, like you know, just that, just that you're never too old to try something new and you might really get lucky and find something that you love that you just never saw coming. So I'm excited about that at this point in my life.
0: Well, this has been great. I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing the, sharing your journey. I know we had yeah. Nick on a while back, but your yes. specific journey and kind of how that, that story meshes together. So that's pretty cool. I, I yes. appreciate you taking the time out.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. It was really fun.
0: Well, I hope you all enjoyed that great episode with Lori. And what I want to do is just do a couple quick hot takes from the episode um, things that I learned, and and maybe some things that you guys can take with you as well um, as you think about um, some of her great insight uh, through her journey. Uh, The first thing is around due diligence. You know, she mentioned when she had that uh, restaurant for about a year or so, you know, going through the due diligence and yes you're so excited you want to get it up and running you kind of want to open it you want to do it for the minimal amount of money but doing your due diligence you know she mentioned about kind of understanding the parking situation the big one around the name change which obviously is vital that one if there's a bad reputation with that name that was there before the owners that were there or two as she mentioned people really didn't know there was new ownership things had changed Um, Maybe you could put some signage in a window or stuff, but really having a new name change it looks fresh and new and and people maybe are attracted to that and will come in and look. And then she mentioned about the liquor license, which I thought was very interesting. Again, some things you don't think about day one, um, but just having that knowledge um, could be really important so that you can obviously make some better business decisions. So I thought that was interesting. Um, One of the other really cool points that she mentioned and the way she put it was just kind of chill out. You know, we we're talking about New Year's resolutions, and I've talked about this with folks a lot, and I'm going through that dozen months of discovery right now. And in the month of January, I did that social media detox. And I'm doing this stretching in the month of February. So it's interesting, you know, talking with her about that, just around you kind of ease into things. You don't have to go out of the you know gate hard. Go ahead, give yourself, you know, a little bit of time and and let it process, let your body get used to it. You know, if you want to run a marathon, that's fine, but start with a walk around the block or start with running, you know, a quarter mile down the street and then slowly build your way up. You don't have to go run in a a marathon tomorrow. Um, Give yourself some time, have some patience, and ultimately you'll probably stick with it a lot longer. And then the third point, and she kind of ended on this, and maybe because I'm getting older, I'm, I think about this, is you really are never too old. There's no there's no right or wrong time to start something. You know, Just because you're younger doesn't mean you have a better advantage of someone that's older. I think there's opportunity to be had wherever you are in life, um, if you look at it kind of with that lens of a glass half full um, and an optimistic outlook. So you are never too old. My encouragement, is always, is just, What are you continuing to learn now that may be beneficial for you down the road? And you don't know what down the road is going to be, if anything, but how are you kind of in the present moment, really valuing the time and the places that you are and the people you're around and trying to pull out a lot of great knowledge and information that could help you later on down the road. So when you do get to those opportunities that may come up, you're a little bit more prepared. Uh, so, a couple of great things uh, Lori had mentioned. I just want to kind of wrap up and summarize that I took from the interview. Um, again, I hope you guys enjoyed that. As always, please don't hesitate to reach out, connect with me online at Brian Andraco on Instagram and Twitter. Jump over to my website, brianandraco.com, connect with me there, and I hope to uh, chat with you guys a little, uh, little later. So, hope you guys have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll talk to you soon.